Thank you very much, Lindsay. I'd just like to read from Ephesians chapter 1, just one verse, verse 3. Reading from the King James. Um, some of you may wonder why I use this, the King James, a very old English version of the Bible. It's because all of my study books are generally keyed to the King James. I could use the New King James, but sometimes the words do change. But Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Someone has said about Paul's letter to the Ephesians that it is a spiritual Mount Everest. And I can see what the person means by that to an extent. Uh, we may wander around in the foothills of the letter and uh, have much enjoyment as we think about its contents uh, and how it impacts on our lives. We may want to go further up to base camp and rest in some of the things that Ephesians uh, tells us about our Lord Jesus and the church. I don't think we can ever reach the summit like some have reached the summit of Mount Everest. I don't think we can reach the summit of all the things that God has for us in this letter and elsewhere in scripture for that matter. On a historical note, Ephesians is a pastoral letter written by Paul the Apostle to encourage, to instruct, to challenge, to rebuke and inspire these Gentile Christians and others uh, to where the letter went to. It was a circular letter, it's thought. Gentile Christians living in a corrupt city full of practices that would seek to pollute them in their faith and trust in the Lord Jesus. This place riddled with paganism and all kinds of evil and temptation. And of course, that is our world as well, perhaps not so much pagan uh, as a world full of disbelief and antagonism towards believers and towards the word of God and our God himself. This verse three is just the beginning of an unusually long sentence in the Greek of around about 202 words. And it's thought by some to be based upon an early song or hymn uh, that Christians used at the time. I don't know whether that's true. We've, the evidence is just within those words themselves and how it's structured. So I guess it's a possibility. But Paul starts off by blessing God. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's where he starts. God has blessed us, blessed everyone in this room with existence, with life, with sustenance, with a home, uh, all sorts of things. God has blessed us. He has added to ourselves. So what does it mean to bless Almighty God, God the Father, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. 
What does it mean to bless God? Because we cannot add to him. He is entirely self-sufficient. It hurts our pride, but he doesn't need us. He doesn't need anything that I can give him. He doesn't need my praise. He doesn't need our praise. It doesn't add anything to his being. He is totally self-sufficient. But the beauty of God is that he wants our praise. He desires our praise, not out of need, just for his glory. And of course we benefit as well. We cannot add anything to him, but to praise, it means to speak well of him. To bless God, it means to speak well of him. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It means to witness well of him, especially for those who are in Christ Jesus, who are believers in him. Uh, who are called by that name Christian because we have trusted in him as our saviour. We witness well of him, not just with our mouths, but with our lives as well. They are a witness to others of the glory of God. It's the response of a redeemed heart to our God. That word there, blessed, is in the Greek, eulogitas. And it's where we get our word, eulogy, which is usually associated with, as we've heard, to praise someone upon their death or after their death. In some way, we have a eulogy to that person. But this is that word, it means bless and bless God. But we're not pronouncing a eulogy in that sense to someone who is dead, but to someone who is very much alive and is the giver of life. And we have life through him and we're encouraged to bless him. The Trinity is also mentioned here, not by word. Trinity is never used as a word in the Bible, but it is a doctrine that Christians uh, teach because it is an apt description of the Godhead, the glory of God in his full person, three persons, the person of the Father, the person of the Son, and the person of the Holy Spirit. And they're all mentioned there. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings. And that word spiritual and the blessings are those which proceed from the person of the Holy Spirit. The Trinity is here. And Paul starts out with this work of the Trinity and it's a work 
of blessing to us. And we enter the foothills, we go up to the base camp, we try and reach the summit of this letter, and we will not. But what a journey that is on the way to knowing more and more about our Lord Jesus Christ. In its nature, it's quite a, a Jewish blessing. Often you'll find in particularly the Psalms uh, where God is praised, God is blessed by his people. It's something that has always taken place from the, even the beginning of mankind. They have sought to bless him. They've called upon the name of the Lord and in one way or another have given him the praise. We can never exhaust that praise. We can never give him enough praise, but we're encouraged to praise him. So this is a Jewish blessing in form, apart from the mention that he is the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ is here mentioned as Lord. It's behind me on that text which is taken from Philippians. Jesus Christ is Lord. And Paul brings to our attention that he is the Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord Kyrios is the Greek word that is used there. And it's the same word that was used in that translation, that Greek translation of the Old Testament called the Septuagint, that's the same word that was used for the Lord our God, God Almighty, Kyrios, our Lord Jesus Christ. And it stresses the father-son relationship between our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ and God the Father. What a wonderful thing that is to, to be at this point in the revelation of God. In the Old Testament, you would know that there was something going on. You would know that there was a Messiah that was to come as revelation went on. Let's say that you were living around the time of Malachi. You would know that there was a Messiah to come. A promise of God, which goes right back to the Genesis chapter 3. The promise of one who was going to come. But what a blessing that we now have the fullness of the knowledge of God in the face of our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus is Lord. And this is a celebration of the Lordship of Jesus and in verse 10 we read the culmination of what is to come that in the dispensation of the fullness of times he might gather together in one all things in Christ both which are in heaven and which are in, on earth even in him we're not going to be able to get higher than that but it's not something that we can fully grasp it's not something that we will fully recognize until we see him face to face is he your lord 
Is he the Lord of your life? Have you trusted this one, our Saviour, the Lord Jesus Christ? Have you placed your faith and trust in him, the one whose name is above every other name, the one to whom will be our judge? We will all be judged by him. Have you trusted in him and placed your faith in him? In the future, we'll look at some of those spiritual blessings that we have been given as Christians. Wonderful things. Just read the verse again. He has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. We are to seek blessings nowhere else but in our Savior, in our God through the Holy Spirit. Such are the heights of the letter to the Ephesians and of course everywhere else in scripture. What a privilege it is to meditate and think about the scripture that we have been given from Genesis through to Revelation and how it all speaks of Christ and points to our Lord Jesus Christ. What a wonderful thing. What a height we can go to. Let's close in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for our Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you that we are able to praise and bless you because of all that you have done. We know that we're not worthy. We know that we cannot add anything to your being. But we thank you for this great salvation that we have through our Lord Jesus Christ. And we can praise and bless the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ through the Spirit. And we know that it brings you joy. Our Father, we thank you for our Lord Jesus and all that he has done for us and the cost of our salvation which we see at the cross. Paul writes that he wanted to know nothing amongst the Corinthian Christians but the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's through that that we have this blessing. Help us to think upon these things. Help us to give praise and worship to the one who is worthy of all that we can give. Our Father, as we part, we pray for your blessing upon today and the coming week. We ask for help as we try to live out the Lord Jesus in our lives. And if there are any here who have not yet trusted upon the Lord Jesus, we pray that they will place their faith and trust in him. We ask these things in his precious name. Amen.